Hello and welcome to BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex over BTN, and it's officially game week here at the network, here in the Big Ten Conference. Got uh, three days of Big Ten football coming up starting Thursday, going into Friday, and of course, finishing up Saturday. It's week one, it's here, and uh, we're pumped up about it here at BTN. So um, to kind of get us ready for the football season, I'm going to wrap up our BTN bus tour editions of the Take 10 podcast. We've already dropped two episodes. It covered the Eastern leg from the 2019 BTN bus tour where we interviewed a player at each stop. And before the season starts on Thursday, we're going to drop the remaining seven interviews, split up into two parts, and put four interviews in uh, this episode right here. So as the uh, the bus looped west a couple weeks ago, um, we're now back in Chicago. The, the tour is wrapped up. But as it turned west... We started at Purdue, uh, went on to Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, before finishing up at Iowa, Illinois, and Northwestern. So those first four that I just named will be in this episode. So we got uh, Marcus Bailey at Purdue. We had A.J. Taylor at Wisconsin. We had a twofer at Minnesota. First time we've done that on, on the, the bus tour is uh, sit down with two guys and uh, have a uh, three-man discussion with uh, Winston D. Lights-Dibudere, who actually was on the show a couple years ago, so good to catch up, catch up with him and Clay Gary, and then for Nebraska, we had Jack Stoll, who actually uh, couldn't make it to a sit-down interview while we were in Lincoln, so he gave us a phone call later that evening, and um, we were able to knock that out on the phone and get into this podcast episode for you. So, getting those interviews right now, um, like I said, it's the third episode out of four from the BTN bus tour, it's a lot of good stuff to kind of get your mind right for football, I'm sure a lot of you are ready for it by now, but... um, dive right in and we'll start in West Lafayette with Purdue's Marcus Bailey. The interview starts right now. We're live now? We're live now, man. I'm very pleased to be joined uh, after Purdue practice in West Lafayette by Purdue senior linebacker Marcus Bailey. Marcus, what's up, man? How's it going? All good, man. Yeah, I just came off the set, did a TV interview, now you're doing the podcast, doing the whole car wash. Yeah. You were at Big Ten Media Days, so this is all old to you now. Like a podcast interview should be a piece of cake for you, right? Yeah, this is nothing, man. You guys treat me like uh, you know, like a superstar, but I'm really not. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, speaking of Media Day, it was your second one, uh, and I just so happened to notice that you were kind of one of the freshest dudes <laughs> dressed this year and last year, but this, this year especially. Uh, you had the customized jacket, had the initials, had had kind of yeah, color yeah, yeah. coordination. Why did you decide to uh, kind of stun on everyone like that? Yeah. This year? <laughs> Well, yeah, so it being my last one, I kind of wanted to go out with a bang. Um, and it being my, my second time doing it, I wanted to be a little bit more flashy and uh, all the hype with, you know, Purdue coming into this season, I wanted to bring some more attention to us. Um, and it was kind of like my mom really helped me out, kind of coordinate it. Um, I thought it would be a pretty cool to have the Purdue colors and do something unique like that, um, you know, and work on a little bit of branding stuff. I just wanted to, you know, kind of go get out there a little bit and have a little bit of swagger, so. So how did you kind of evolve into this role being one of the front-facing guys of Purdue? Like, obviously the seniority helps, but, I mean, they, they put you out for everything now, it seems like. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been here for a while. Like, went through, uh, you know, big coaching change and, um, you know, a couple of defensive, coach, uh, defensive scheme changes and, you know, something that has always been constant without, regardless to who's here, has been my production. And, um, you know, I think, you know, from other guys watching me, they see my, the way I work. Um, you know, I, I don't like to talk a lot, especially when I was younger. All I did was just kept my mouth shut and worked. Um, you know, I was, I was really diligent and um, learning the schemes and um, you know, finding, out, finding out ways to be productive and be effective. And, um, you know, I just made plays. And so 
after year after year that you know racking up I have more respect now more credibility so that's probably a lot to do with it so we had your media day and we kind of asked you some goofy questions alongside some of the more serious ones and one of the ones we asked you and your teammates who your celebrity lookalikes were do you remember I think what yeah. the consensus was uh, what for, they said for me, oh, for yeah, for you, for for you. you. Oh, uh, I've always Jamal Adams but someone has been some, uh, one I've heard a lot that's a good one yeah I was thinking I know somebody said this I don't know if, if you take this kindly or not but it, uh, someone said Ronnie from Jersey Shore I did <laughs> <laughs> now come on friends from back home say that too so yeah I've heard that I can see that in the eyes a little bit um, but it's just the fact his personality I'm like nah don't do that, that don't do that to me don't that's do that why to me. that's why you have a beard you're trying to get away yeah, from that. Trying, that's literally the only reason why yeah <laughs> uh, I've heard like before I had the beard like this I heard Pat Mahomes too because a little I bit yeah hair, I can see it this pretty much anyone that's like light-skinned and like that mix like that like they say I'm looking like so. I can see it uh who do you think mine is if you just had to oh off, to, off the top uh freaking Conor McGregor uh I don't know Conor McGregor that's the first one I've got <laughs> so the one I get and I take this as a big compliment because I'm definitely below this level but People on the street will say I look like Justin Timberlake sometimes. Okay, yeah. I'll, yeah, and like, I'll literally put like, oh, poor man's Justin Timberlake. Because yeah. like, obviously, he's got the looks, he's got the, the dance moves, the acting. So anytime, anytime people compare me to that, it's like a little more flattering than Ronnie from Jersey yeah, Shore. But like, Ronnie's not a bad looking guy. It's just like you said, the personality is hey, what. Just the, yeah, it's all the baggage <laughs> that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll gas myself up there and that's it. Um, moving on, Marcus, uh, a little more serious now into your background. You're a Columbus kid. I assume you were an Ohio State fan growing up. This story's probably been told before, but Buckeyes fan when you were coming up? Yeah, inevitably, yeah. If you're, I mean, if you grew up in Ohio, um, you know, Ohio State football is just so, uh, you know, fantasized there, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like a dream for, you know, everyone to play at Ohio State. You watch it. It's more, I feel like it's more than what, you know, I can't speak from being from anywhere else, but I, from what I've heard, like, it's just like Ohio State is just like those people that grow up there, it's you want to go there. And so, of course, I was, you know, but it wasn't like I was like, a freaking diehard fan but you know it would, it would have been yeah when I was younger I, I thought about it you know so you know being from there um ending up here how sweet was that game last year um you know the game that kind of put the nation on pause you guys shocked them uh, you had a touchdown against them even like it had to be kind of like the how do you like me now type moment for you oh yeah for sure um you know we but you know going into that game I wanted to make sure that um you know, all the guys, you know, they knew that not to make it bigger than what it was, you know, it's still football. Uh, you know, they were number two team in the nation. Um, but as long as we played hard, played fast, played physical and do what we're supposed to do, we have, we have a chance to win. And, you know, we, while we were flying on all cylinders that day, we were playing fast. Uh, now the next step going forward for this season is to, you know, have that same type of performance consistently, you know? Yeah. And looking back at that game, like I still can't remember, I still can't believe it all came together like that because, uh, the game day piece aired in the morning with Tyler Trent. He said, you know, we're going to beat Ohio State. And the way it all kind of came together perfectly is just – it's something that I still, like, look back on last season. That's something's going to, like, live forever. It's, it's a crazy thing that uh, I'm sure was really cool to be a part of. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah, you know, definitely one of my, you know, highlights of my, uh, my career so far. But hopefully got a lot more of those uh, highlights this well, year. Still work to do, right. Um, looking ahead and uh, using, I guess – some inspiration from a game that did not go as well. You've talked about it openly, the, the, the loss to Auburn in the bowl game. Uh, what was the vibe like in the locker room? Um, was it more you know, dejected? Was it pissed off? And, and how do you use that as fuel, like you kind of alluded to earlier, uh, going into your last season here? Yeah, man, after the game, just I think just purely embarrassment. You know, like it was just such a – we were representing not just like ourselves but the entire Big Ten, um, and we, just, we did not have a great performance, um, but we definitely – you know, put that, you know, put that behind us and we were using 
um, you know, learning things from that game going forward, but we're not dwelling on it. We, you know, we have, uh, if you listen to the off season, uh, we have a chip on our shoulder and everything. But, you know, we're, we're, looking, we're looking to the future. We're looking forward now, and we're not really concerned with that game anymore. Right. So I read that you were potentially projected it to be a maybe third, fifth-round, mid-round pick in the NFL draft. Obviously, last you're, year. Yeah, last year. Obviously, you're back, um, and you want to boost that draft stock as high as possible. How much was it personal motivation for you to, to enhance your NFL potential, and how much of, of it was um, we have unfinished business after that bowl game and after a uh, 6-6 six six season? Yeah, I think first, um, first off, it was just the you know the the bowl game that I was like, nah, man, like I want to come back and and because when I first came to Purdue, I said I want to come. I come to Purdue. It's a program that's not doing well. I want to help be a part of something that turns this around, be the part of the class that turns it around, that, do, that does something special, goes to a Big Ten championship. Um, and after that bowl game last year, I, I said I left it bad, really salty taste in my mouth. And I wanted to come back and you know prove to my, myself and to my teammates that I'm going to be here for them and um, do whatever I can to help us help us go forward and not have an outcome like that this season. Yeah. Um, you know the other part of that question you said for my, my draft stock that's that's something of course that's in the back of my mind but my my, my main focus is doing whatever I can for the team. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned it there. The pieces are all kind of in place. Like the facility we're sitting in right now, it's a beautiful lounge, part of a, a major upgrade that. Um, has taken place in the last couple of years. Jeff Brom is committed to you guys. He, he, you know, turned away Louisville and signed an extension here. And recruits are buying in. So like the foundation is laid, right? And and you guys are as seniors and as upperclassmen, kind of the bridge to the next step that you're trying to take as a program. So just even looking beyond your time here, what do you think a, a level, the level that Purdue football is aspiring to reach? What do you think that looks like for the program? It's championships. You know, we you can already see with the uh, the level of of recruits not that stars necessarily matter but I guess in uh if you're looking at it from the from looking at it from the lens that we're getting better recruits um you can tell that guys are coming the guys that are coming in now are more ready to play uh the guys that we had to come into this class 2019 there's a lot of those guys are going to help us win this year and help contribute and you know our, our coaching staff has done a great job and you know it's just going to keep building the building and um you know it's going to I mean Purdue needs to be one of the, the best best teams in the Big Ten yeah well said um to wrap up, I'll take it back to the lighter side of things a little bit. Um, I'll bring up Media Day again because we had Jeff Brom in that same room you were in doing some social media-friendly stuff. We got him to do the uh, the Let's Play Football XFL clip. Have you seen that before when he did his, his XFL? Yeah. Uh, what does he say? He so, says, do so, I do or not have a pulse? Yeah. Is, this, is this or is this not the XFL? Yeah. Let's so, play football. so how many times do you think it took him to get it on the nose perfect? I feel like he did it on the first time. That's just like he did it. He know? started like saying two words, kind of messed up, stumbled for a second, and then got it perfect throughout the whole thing after that. So I'll give him like first try for that. I think his mind state was a little <laughs> different in that video yeah. than what it is now. If you, when's the first time you saw that clip, and what would you think? Like uh, when he was laying out, like knocked out on the on the turf. I think I first saw it. I didn't know if he had been hired yet or if it was for sure, but I knew it was like a. It had come out. There was media attention saying that it, he was a big contender, and then. I think that video popped up, or maybe it was like right after he mm. got hired. But I was like, "Oh, oh, this is our head coach. This is our head coach." <laughs> I know, like, okay, but obviously people are a little more sensitive now to like the head injury side okay, of the game. Yeah, and, and he was, you know, he was like looked like he was out cold on the field. But the juxtaposition of that and the clip of him saying without pause, like, "Let's play football." It just you can't help but smile. Like, like you said, it's like, all right, bet, let's go. Like, this, now, that's a football guy. It's right become there. our brand. Let's yeah. play football, and it's all because of, you know, yeah, yeah, literally now. It's a, it's a little part of our Purdue brand now. Let's play football. Yeah, and if you could, real quick, you don't have to like, if it's confidential, whatever, that's fine. But I'm just curious, 
in the locker room and, and within the team, um, I guess, mindset when, when Jeff was considering going to Louisville? Like, what, what were you guys talking about amongst yourselves? Like, was there a group chat going? Did you guys think that he was maybe gone? And then once he decided to come back, um, how did you kind of find out? I've said this before. I think Coach Brom is a very straightforward guy, uh, very transparent, and he, he, he was that way with us throughout the whole process, you know, post-IU game going mm-hmm. to the bowl game. He told us that, you know, he plans to stay here. And, you know, we would see all the, all the different media sources, sources say that he's this, sources say that he's going here, do that. I don't think the majority of us paid any attention to it. We all were confident that he was coming back uh, because we trusted him. And, you know, when he did, it was just like we, it wasn't anything huge because we, we knew. I mean, it was huge to get him back, but we didn't. It wasn't like a huge sigh of relief because we all were confident that he was going to be here still because he's a man of his word. Right. I liked uh, David Blau's kind of victory lap on Twitter because it was Dan Dockett who reported yeah, the prom was gone. He, David, he, he called him out. And speaking of, of David, who's uh, obviously gone now taking a shot at the NFL, he's kind of an example um, of something I've noticed around here. Is you guys like to have fun. You guys seem like a very tight-knit group. The coaches are always yelling. You guys keep it uh, loud and juiced up out of practice. And uh, I noticed when, when scrolling through your Twitter timeline, doing a little research, you retweeted David Blau's 48 Madden rating. And he was salty about that because he's like, that's got to be the worst rating ever. Like, he didn't even have a picture or anything on his bio on Madden. Yeah, I think he did a good job. He capitalized on that, though. And he, he made the challenge with it. He didn't say, um, if anyone can, can win. When, when like MVP so- mode on yeah. with me as the quarterback. Yeah, he did, the David, David's a smart dude. He was able to, you know, turn that pretty well and make a joke out of it. So It was hilarious. Like, I... <laughs> I, I had a good laugh just doing a little research on you, and then, like you said, he's a good sport about it. Um, also, one thing I noticed around here, I don't know if you guys hear this stuff during practice, but we were sitting outside. I swear to God, I heard, like, a seagull chirping. Like, I didn't know West Lafayette is near any bodies of water. I don't think you guys have any water around here, but I heard it. It, it was so loud. and I, Like, you guys are probably locked into practice, but I just didn't know if you had any scoops on, like, Maybe you guys are getting a new mascot or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't have any information on that unless the, the Wabash has some uh, creatures coming over here. But Could be, man. You never, yeah, I'm not sure. Some exotic life coming in here. There was an alligator in Chicago a couple weeks ago, so you never know like, what's yeah, going to happen. You never know. Man. All right. Last question, Marcus. We'll get you out of here. Um, asking all the players this at each stop. We uh, usually have time in town, and we, we get some of the local cuisine best place to eat obviously uh west lafayette's got a few famous ones what's your favorite so the best place what are you looking for like fast food or like sit down like, um you want? i want your favorite like if it's iconic for, to produce so okay. be it but i just want your favorite straight up well I'll, I'll say some of the few iconic places so bruno's pizza is one of the spots that's like one of, that's one of the um, you know famous places at purdue there's a guy named over there named uh, we call him big o's orlando he runs it he loves he's a big football guy um so we come in there sometimes um, you know, Triple X is a good spot to go to. It's right over there on State Street. Uh, uh, the Drew Brees Burger is like the peanut butter yeah, one. That's the Drew, that's one yeah, that's one of Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, there's a place called Two Fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hadn't really heard of Two Fellas before I got to Purdue. It's like, you know, they got like five guys over there in the area, but there's a place called Two Fellas right there too. And it's like fast food, but they have like big burritos, but they put like like a bunch of fried stuff in there, like uh, like, like tater tots and like barbecue chicken and um, just a bunch of... A bunch of ridiculous ingredients. If two fellas can get the yeah. job done, why do you need five guys? You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, so there's a few places. Um, yeah, uh, there's a, okay, there's a place over here called like Stack Pickle. That's like 
right by the facility is decent and then another broken egg is around but like a lot of guys go there because we have mucho there all right cool yeah i'm a big fan of uh bruno's we usually get that i don't think we're getting it this year unfortunately but uh triple x is another spot that you gotta stop to if you're passing through or having yeah. some time in town uh really good recommendations really good interview man really appreciate it i see why uh they put you on the pedestal like this for all the media interviews uh <laughs> enjoyed it uh looking forward to enjoying your senior year in purdue's uh next step here in the big 10 and on national stage yeah i appreciate the time man All right, thanks to Marcus for sitting down with me. Really good dude. Uh, fun to get to know him. Moving along now to Madison, Wisconsin, and receiver A.J. Taylor. That interview with the Badgers wideout starts right now. Very pleased to be joined here in Madison, Wisconsin, on a beautiful day in Madison by Wisconsin senior wide receiver A.J. Taylor. A.J., doesn't get much better than this out here today, man. How you been? I've been really good, you know. Uh, these days we've had for camp have just been gorgeous, you know. No day's been too hot, no day's been too cold, but, uh, it, I mean, it's been nice, but we're probably going to need to, you know, get a little bit warmer so we can get ready to play in Tampa real soon. Yeah, absolutely. A little humid down there. Um, with this being stop nine on the tour for us, we've had mostly good weather, but there have been some really hot and humid days, so you guys don't know how good you have it right now. And, and honestly, you're on campus for the summer, but... The students are the ones missing out right now. They're all at home wherever. So you guys are really the lucky ones. Yeah, we're, no, we're definitely blessed to like be here all summer and enjoy this. Like this is the time to be in Wisconsin. It's the summer because like I just said, it's never hot and it's really not humid. So this is the supreme time, you know, when it hits uh, when winter hits probably around, you know, October. <laughs> that's when, you know, things start getting real chilly and and icy, but but now this is supreme. I'm glad you said that because I don't know if you can believe this, but we almost never on this tour get to stay the night in Madison, but this year we do. So we finally get a chance to kind of chill. Usually it's right on to Minnesota, but today we get to stay the night. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that. I'm going to get some recommendations for you later about what to do while I'm in town. Um, But we'll start the discussion off with uh, something recent that happened here. You guys unveiled some jerseys recently, some throwbacks. Give me your thoughts on... uh, on those, I thought those looked pretty clean. I don't know about you. Yeah. If I had to, you know, give one word for that, it would be fire because those jerseys are hot. I mean, they're nice. Um, I It's a, it's a change-up. Usually we are strict, stick to the tradition and, and we don't really do anything, you know, outside the normal. And, and to do anything like that is just, it's beyond us. And so we're all pretty pumped up for that. Did you know they were coming or did they surprise you? No, I didn't know they were coming. They, yeah, it was a big surprise. They showed the whole team uh, a couple days ago, like like three hours before they actually uh, unveiled them. So yeah, it was a surprise. That's pretty cool. All right, man. Um, I want to get into your background a little bit. I try to keep yeah. it, uh, you know, keep it loose and try and get into the backstories of the guys I have in the show. So Take me through where you're from. Are you a you're a KC guy, right? Yep. All right. So how does a guy from KC end up here in Madison? Good question. Good question. So like you said, yeah, I'm from Kansas City, um, and I went to an all boys high school, uh, Rockhurst High School, and you know my like really good. It was a really good high school for like football. So I had a couple of options that I wanted like decided on whether I wanted to go to and I knew that I wanted to get a scholarship for football. So I went there. You know just ready to work and uh, the coach he's a really prestige coach his name's Tony Severino um, he's really like a good coach and actually he's retiring this year mm-hmm. so that's it's just a big a whole big deals about that um, but he was there and 
you know, he coached me up. He got me right. Um, made like gave me the opportunity to play for like running back there. And honestly, I don't know how like I even came on Wisconsin's radar. I just remember Coach Gilmore hitting me up at some point and said, you know, um, we're like we're looking at you and we we want you to come up or come up. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And then they offered me. And shoot, the rest is history. Was it one of those things you got on campus? You're like, okay, I know I'm going here. Do you have to think about it and weigh your options a little bit? It it was one of those things where like you go here and everything feels right. It's like everything felt right. I still like didn't want to make an impulse decision, but it was it it was one of those like okay things are clicking. I like the people. Um, I like the guys. Uh, I like the campus, and, you know, there was just a lot, nothing you could really say no, you know. All right, for sure, and, and obviously you can play football a little bit, but they tell me you got an interest in uh, in film and movies and production as well. So yeah. take me through, I guess, what you kind of specialize in, in in that field and how that caught your attention and made you want to pursue something like that. Whew, yeah, so there was, um, you know, I've always been into into, like, film, First off, like just the whole film universe, the industry, and acting's always been really like intriguing to me. Um, but I, I got really into it when ah, oh, who was it? I was talking with somebody, and they were like, you know, like film is a major here. And that once I learned that, I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to switch. So I ended up. Like long story short, I end up switching majors to communication art with an emphasis in film, TV, and radio. And I've been getting into more. We've been doing more, um, uh, really, film classes. So I was taking more of a, a. It was a production class where I actually had to direct it. I had to write. I had to. Uh, I had to act in other people's. So like, just the whole process is interesting to me. Even the cinematography aspect is really creative and. A, a great creative process to to dive into, but I'm I'm interested in it all, and really I, I really like the acting part too, though. So, what are your favorite genres of movies, and, and beyond that, what are some of your favorite movies of all time? I guess that you've you've seen. Oof, that's good. You know, my favorite genre is sci-fi, um, sci-fi and thrillers. Those are like my f- favorite by far. Action's probably a close follow-up. Um, sh- Favorite movies? That's that's probably one of the hardest questions you can ask on something like this. You it know, is tough. it's on the spot. This is like on the spot. So I'll, I'll start with a couple of mine just to get the juices flowing a little bit. Um, you mentioned sci-fi. I really liked Independence Day. Oh, I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, and that, that was one. I hated the sequel, but I really yeah. liked the original because it was one that you saw at like just the right age, where it like left yeah. an impression on you. And mm. like it's a blockbuster. It's a big yeah. movie. And then my other uh, movie that I can watch pretty much any time is The Departed. Uh, that's a good one. That's that's one I can see um, coming on TV anytime, and I'll leave it on. I'll, yeah. I'll seek it out if it's on Netflix, and it's just it's, it's Scorsese. It's a it's a classic. Mm. So I don't I don't know if you got any. Uh, okay, do you know? So, top of your head. Okay, so the, off the top of my head, just like okay, let me just give you like by actors like sure. that I like. You know, so um, for with Leonardo DiCaprio, like he's just a, a great actor. Um, He's really my favorite like, actor, I think. He's your favorite yeah. actor? Yeah, he's um, in The Revenant. I thought yep. that was amazing. I honestly thought Django was good. And then uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was about I to ask you if you've seen that. I did that's see a, it. That's a good one, that too. He was, acted really well. That movie well was really that. entertaining. I like Tarantino movies. So, Do you? Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, shoot, I, I like so many different... Like, if we just sci-fi, then we can go, like, Legion. I like that. I like Book of Eli. I like... Um, 
Those are some like post-apocalyptic. Yeah, like, and then like, I mean, like post, I yeah, yeah. Those type of movies are really like my favorite. Post-apocalyptic. Those are, again, kind of with the sci-fi and thriller. Right. Um, but I can't even think right now. We could probably do a whole podcast yeah, on movies. We could, yeah. We I could, could really just tell you every well, movie. We got to yeah. talk a little bit of football though, yeah, just let's because talk you know some some fans are probably tuning in for that. So it's an interesting situation here um, with you being a wide receiver and a new quarterback, you know, battle going on on campus. Yeah. Jack Cohen, Graham Mertz. First of all, isn't uh, Mertz a KC guy like you? He is. All right, he so you guys connected it all outside. Oh about, yeah, for okay. sure, for sure. Absolutely. So we got a battle going on there. Um, but first, I got to ask before we even get into talk quarterbacks about the Alex Hornibrook comments um, at Florida State a couple weeks ago. Because like I saw, first of all, this let me know that you guys were like tight knit as a unit. I know Wisconsin has always seemed to me from the outside yeah. to be a tight knit group. You guys seem to get along football and basketball really. Yeah. And you guys kind of all came together when you heard the comments of uh, Hornibrook saying, you know, his guys at Florida State really work hard. Yeah. Tell me about. One, your guys' reaction as a unit when you saw that, and then how you guys kind of got each other's back on social media. Yeah, you know, it was definitely kind of a, a, a tougher, it was a tough, not a tough situation. It was more of like, um, I'd say more of an impulsive um, feeling we kind of had, like, oh, why really? But like, you know, I don't think anybody really thought about how that could have been, you just kind of construed wrong a little bit with the media and how like there was a lot of things that probably went into that whole what, what he said and we kind of yeah it was a little a little what's the word a little flat back a uh, flash but dang what's the word I'm looking for we did kind of fire back quick that's mm-hmm. that's the thing um we kind of yeah but we had each other's back but like what we're really trying to do is just like put that in the past and and like leave that behind us yeah the guy's got some likes and some retweets but um we we really just trying to move forward um and you know he kind of apologized and said that's not really what he meant so that was respectable and we just we're moving forward yeah it's about ball now for sure yeah. and you guys got uh quarterbacks here got got somebody who's going to replace them maybe uh more than one guy tell me about what you've seen out of uh two of the guys that are battling for position Cone and Mertz I think you know both of them like what I like about both of them is they're they're, they're confident in the backfield you know there's um an incredible amount of poise uh nobody I mean, yeah, both of them have, like, Cone has experience. Graham doesn't have experience, but they're both pretty comfortable back there. Um, one thing I do, yeah, one thing I like from from uh, Jack is that, you know, from last year to this year, I can tell that he trusts, he trusts like, us more. Like, not just, like, the receivers, but, like, like the whole process and the way he's, you know, making throws and throwing it to people, even if there's a little bit of coverage. And he, I guess it kind of comes down to trusting his arm more, so... Um, that's one thing I've been really liking out of him and and Graham. I've liking you know just his overall play. You know, there's things he needs to to um, like catch fine on tune to, a bit, fine yeah. tune, yeah, detail up and sharpen up. But you know, overall, he's been he's been doing his thing. So outside of you guys, obviously we expect big things from Wisconsin. That's the standard you guys have set. Yeah. But uh, just looking around the Big Ten and looking at your position. There's a lot of good receivers in the Big Ten, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, we had KJ Hamler on the bus recently. Tyler Johnson, Minnesota, is really good. Yeah. We just saw Rondell Moore yesterday. That yeah. dude's a beast, obviously. Uh, the guys at Michigan, you know, with DPJ and Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. I can go on and on. JD Spielman. Yeah. So, do you look around as a, as a receiver, as a star in your own right here? Do you guys kind of all look around and keep up with each other? I, I guess you can't speak for them, but as a as a college athlete, do you look and see what other guys, uh, your peers, are doing? Honestly. 
I mean, probably something I, I, I don't know if I should be or not, but I, I don't. Um, I definitely like you respect like you know game respect game type mm-hmm. thing. Like I respect all of them. I mean, they're all they've all been balling, and you know. But if I get to start looking at them, then I might get to comparing myself, and that's kind of not the game I want to play. I just want to you know play the best I can uh, play, but. Um, it, it, it's. I mean, it's kind of cool seeing a lot of the guys from the Big Ten that are like doing so well. For being honest, so it just shows that like this isn't just a running conference, you know. Yeah, for sure, it's a good point. I mean, people kind of think ground and pound Big Ten, but yeah. there's a lot of talented wideouts. Um, wrapping up, AJ. I mentioned earlier we finally got a night in Madison, and I always ask all the players on the podcast where we uh, should go to eat on campus. Where's a good spot to eat? You can you can name more than one if you want. We're gonna be here for I guess lunch. Dinner and even breakfast tomorrow, so oh. so let me hear it, man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Breakfast, um, definitely go to Mickey's Dairy Bar. That's a spot. They, I, I personally, I don't really mess with the pancakes, but if you get the scrambler, oh, that'll change your life. So Mickey's for breakfast, um, dinner, you know, you can or lunch. It can go either way. There's a spot called Gray's. Um, not glaze. See, people, you might get it confused. Mm. It's called graze, and it's a nice little spot by the Capitol. Like what cows do, graze. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. cows do. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice little spot by the Capitol with windows all out. You you can get this nice, I mean, I like the Impossible Burger there, but there's a lot of other good food you can eat. Uh, and then dinner, you know, dinner, what I would recommend is you just go to State Street, and there's about, there's probably like 50, 60 restaurants from, from the start of uh, State Street till the like the capital and you you'll find something good there something you'll find so that's my recommendation all right bet so I'll, I'll definitely take it to heart i'll uh, enjoy myself in madison because I, I was mentioning earlier we don't usually get to stay overnight here for football and uh i'll definitely be following you guys this season really appreciate your time man yeah. good getting to know you a little bit and good luck the rest of the way appreciate that all right thanks a lot to aj for joining me and giving me some of his time Appreciate that. Um, moving on now to a two-person interview, or I guess a three-person interview. Um, me as the interviewer and two interviewees. Up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, it's recurring guest Winston Dilati Boudere, who joined me on the tour two years ago. So, kind of cool to chat with him and see that come full circle. And then we also uh, were joined by Clay Gary, who has a cool walk-on to scholarship player story, uh, which is what Minnesota has kind of been known for making those. Up opportunity special since PJ Fleck got there. So we'll get into that interview right now. It's Winston Dilatiboudere and Clay Geary. All right, very pleased to be joined here in Minneapolis after gopher football practice by two guys doing a little different today. Uh, We got an old friend of the show and a new friend of the show. We got Clay Geary and Winston Dilati Boudere. Did I do that right? How was that? Uh, That was perfect. See, that's what happens when I... I, uh, you know, have a friend back. How are you guys doing today, man? Doing elite. Doing elite. Elite? All right. I was hoping you guys would say that. <laughs> um, I feel like you haven't lost the, the culture from, from two years ago when we talked. You know, you were all about it then. Uh, Coach Fleck clearly is instilled in you guys now. So, Winston, I'm going to start with you, man. Um, you're back on the show, obviously. Has everything kind of played out since we talked two years ago like we expected? Like, we sat in a different room. Like, this building didn't really exist in the state it is now. <laughs> you guys won fewer games than you're projected to win now than you won last year. 
Uh, how's it all come kind of full circle for you going into your senior year? The craziest thing I think about everything has been the connectivity of the teams. So you start off and, you know, you're getting a new culture and you're seeing guys getting into it and guys not really getting into it. But then as you see time start to carry on, you see guys start getting closer, closer on the field and off the field, just things that they're doing in their everyday lives and things that they're doing in football. And then you're starting to see a team develop and that team kind of capability starts to elevate and you're like, wow, like, okay, we might be good. Okay, we might be great. And now you're looking around like, yo, we got the chance to be elite this year. So that's kind of how I've seen it come together full circle. I'd say the biggest word is connectivity. For sure. Clay, if you want to build on that, I mean, you're an upperclassman as well. You've been around. You've seen this get built. Um, what's the what's the process been for you uh, being a part of Coach Flex program? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the biggest change I've seen is coming from, like, that building year, foundation, year zero. I mean, we had guys who you had to force them to want to do it. I mean, if you have to, like, try to coach someone on how to, like, want to play football, I mean, you just don't have a team. And over the years, we've really developed a team that, you know, wants to play football. We've, like, transferred from a have-to mindset to a want-to. We, we love being around each other, and, I mean, we really have a family. It's forget about me, I love you. That's what our culture is built upon. And, um, I mean, love is sacrifice. We truly do it for one another. And our team just grows closer and closer year after year. So. Yeah, and, and like, you know, it's one thing to say that, but we can really feel it when we come visit you guys. Like, it's, it's really a thing here. It's ingrained in the culture. And kind of building on that discussion, I'm glad you brought it up because you really saw it when your special experience, Clay, uh, came about in the last couple of weeks or so. Um, you threw out the first pitch at Target Field and had a little scholarship reveal. So tell us about that. It's a big thing in Minnesota, the scholarship reveal. Yeah, I mean, that was just the purest form of joy. I've ever experienced in my entire life. I mean, I had my roommates out there dogpiled me. They picked me up when I got the scholarship ball. I mean, that was just the most unbelievable experience. And to hear what went on behind the scenes, I mean, we had, we had our coaches planning us out um, like two months in advance. And, and, I mean, they really try to make it the most unbelievable and elite experience ever. I mean, when you come to Minnesota, you truly get an ex like an elite experience in all four areas of your life. And that was, um, it was humbling to have the entire team there supporting me. And I mean, from the past years, guys getting scholarship reveals, Coach Fleck makes it amazing. And like truly elite, that was the most unbelievable experience ever. Yeah, the, the guy who caught the ball, uh, the Twins player, came out and let you know about it. It was on, on camera. Winston, did you know that was coming or was it a surprise to you? I didn't know it was coming. And everybody was like, man, this is about to be crazy. Like, let's see who can really pitch this ball, blah, 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 blah. So we're up there like, I bet you Carter can't throw it like Clay can. I bet you Thomas really can't throw it. So, you know, we're just up there talking smack. And then it happens, and I'm like, if it's anybody else who deserved it, it would be Clay. Every day he comes out, he balls. And I mean, like, not just comes out and, like, you know, goes through the motions and, and play. Like, this dude's a, a dog. Like, he's a dog. Like, D-O-G. Like, he comes out and just bites and scratches and claws. And I'm like, this this dude is somebody we need on this team. So. Yeah, yeah. It really goes along with the theme that, like I said, I've noticed here. You guys are talking about it now. It, it's There's a big emphasis here on creating kind of those rewarding experiences you know whether it's the scholarship reveals i had uh last year bailey schoenfelder mm -hmm. he was the navy seal who did had a similar experience with a scholarship reveal um i saw coach fleck bringing a, a sick child and, and their family out there today like that's something that's consistently coming out of this program that you don't see everywhere else and and um also you, you guys presented commissioner delaney jim delaney with the mm -hmm. uh the gopher swag the or mm -hmm. today so you know like it seems like coach fleck really pays attention to stuff like that 
And I feel like, I don't know if you guys agree, but it feels like that stuff is contagious, right? Like, like you guys are kind of talking about it now, but it seems like you guys are consistently, you know, gassing each other up, having each other's backs. <laughs> um, you can just speak to the, the level of contagiousness that goes along with that and how it kind of feeds off each other. Go ahead, Clay. Um, I mean, like, this culture is all about serving and giving. And so we try to, like, bring in as many people as possible to this program. I know I have a close friend who um, you know, is one of his family members battling stage 4 cancer. And, like, it's just a known thing that you go up to a coach, like, one of the coaches and say, hey, like, we need to get this guy in or and get him out to practice. Because, like, wait, this culture is all about changing lives. And, I mean, when you have – when you're in a dynamic culture like that, it's – it's more about other people than yourself. You're really part of something bigger than yourself, and that's one thing that, I mean, Coach Fleck really emphasizes. Yeah, I didn't even bring up the Casey O'Brien um, story. I just talked to him out, outside, met him. That was cool. Uh, it was an honor to be there in Chicago when he spoke at Media Day and gave that speech. Uh, did you guys watch that speech as it was happening, and, and how, did, uh, how did the team kind of react to him getting up there and delivering that powerful message? Everybody, everybody kind of was like really excited and anticipating him speaking because we know the type of attitude that Casey has. So it's a lot of special guys on this team who you just know they've been through so much, but still they keep their heads held up so high. So seeing Casey deliver such a dynamic speech like that was, I wouldn't say as much as a surprise to us as it was a delight to us to be able to see him do that. Yeah. It's every every Sunday during the season, we'll come in and we'll lift. And Casey will look at me and he'll be like, Winston, it's only one way, baby. We got to go get it. It's only one way. And I'm like, Case, like, yo, no matter how beat up I feel, you're right. It's only one way. So I feel like that little sentence that he gives me is only one way kind of propels me and motivates me because he's been through 20,000 times harder things in his life than I've been through in mine. So that kind of pushes me and inspires yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like a four-time cancer survivor. He's out here, like, yoked, like, you know, swole. He, he's, like you said, been putting the work in the weight room. He's and, a big and, case. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, just circling back, I want to close the uh, – Close the loop on your twins experience. Are you a twins fan? Was that something that yeah, I mean, was made more special because of your baseball fan? You grew up in like you grew up in Minnesota, like you're just an all out fan. I mean, twins, Vikings, Gophers, whatever it may be, and just to like be able to go out there and throw the first pitch, that was like a once in a lifetime experience. You're that from, was unbelievable. Are you from Baltimore? Yeah. So you're an Orioles fan? I'm an Olds fan, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough time to be an Olds fan right now. <laughs> He's an adopted Twins fan. <laughs> yeah. Adopted Twins fan. I'll, yeah. Go, I'll go ahead and take them to my, so they're my second, second team. team. It's yeah, not the same division anyway. It's okay. Uh, but again, like, you know, you're from Baltimore. You're from, you're in state, right? You're from yeah, Minnesota. Lakeville, Minnesota. Okay, so like, that's obviously two different parts of the country. Mm. Two different experiences growing up, probably. But again, something like football can bring you guys together. Exactly. 110%. So. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll talk a little football now before we wrap up, fellas. Uh, this is more for for you, Winston, because um, you're on defense. And, and last year, you guys uh, took a beating against Illinois, and your season looked like it was kind of hanging in the balance there. Uh, you made a defensive coordinator change. Why do you think you guys were able to turn your season around after that game, after that change was made? I feel like the biggest thing with us was we kind of sat down in a room as a defense and we looked each other in the eye and we said we're going to start holding each other accountable. So being able to hold each other accountable will take steps. So first the D-line has to look each other in the eye and say, look, we're not playing up to the par and the standard. That's the standard. So now we need to raise that. The linebackers do the same and the defensive backs do the same. Then we come together as a unit and we collectively rise up to the challenge. So every single game, every single day, it was an individual challenge instead of a week-long challenge as we were kind of, I think, as a unit, not without the coaches knowing we were looking at it before, like it was a week-long challenge. Then it started becoming a 
day-by-day challenge, a play-by-play challenge. And before you know it, we're playing Georgia Tech in the bowl game, and we're preparing like we've never prepared before as a defense. And I feel like that's kind of brought us to where we are today. Yeah, kind of the peak of the season. Uh, you guys won the axe back, took it back from Wisconsin the mm-hmm. first time in like 15 years or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like a Stanley Cup? What happens when you get the axe in here? Like, what do you do? You do stuff with it? Do you display it anywhere? Like, what went on with that axe? You take it out out to uh, Dicky Town. What happened? The thing is, we rarely see it because wherever like we have events, I mean, that's where it goes. Mm. Everyone's out there taking pictures with it. I mean, yeah, it's like you said, it's a Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah. it's, it's 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 for the. You guys are looking at each other like there's a secret that it will not make it to the podcast. That's okay though. Nah, it's it's for the people of Minnesota more than us. Yeah. I feel like, and that's the biggest thing. Like. They had been waiting for it longer than I even knew what was in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Like, they were waiting for the axe. Mm-hmm. So when we got it and the clock hit zero, I just sunk to my knees. I had never been a part of anything so great in my life. Were you a Gophers fan growing up, Clay? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, that, so and you to, know, like, how yeah, to get like angst of getting, yes. you know. Uh-huh. To get the axe back, that meant everything. Like, growing up as a kid, watching year after year, I mean, don't get the axe back. To finally be a part of something like that, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right, Clay, this one's for you. Since you're on offense, is there anyone on the team on defense? You know, you know how defensive guys always think they can play offense, right? They think they got the hands, especially as a receiver. You know, you know yeah. the saying: if there's a defensive back, it's because they uh, don't have the hands to be a wide receiver. So, yeah. uh, who on the team, you know, thinks they they have the juice to play offense, but they're you know they're stuck on the other side of the ball? <laughs> Man, we have a lot of playmakers all around. Um, Kamal, he's always trying to gas himself up, saying he can play wide out, but like he his hands. I mean, he's got good hands. But, I mean, I just don't know. One guy that I could truly see playing offense is Antoine Winfield. I was going to say. Like, yeah, well, he returns punts, too, so, you know, he gets he, his, his crack at yeah. it. But. Now, he's just an all-around, like, dog. Like, yeah. he can play any position on the field. Big tweet. He's a beast. That's a, the Baba Yaga. If you don't know what Baba Yaga is, look it up. <laughs> I mean, he's a... Straight he, up, dog. He, he kind of has play. to play defense, though, right? Like, it's in the genes, in the, the, the gene pool. For yeah. Yes. yeah, got passed down to him. Absolutely. Um... Winston, how about you? Like, do you, you think you got any offensive chops? If they handed you the ball on the goal line, could you take it in? I, if they handed me the ball on the goal line, I would do everything I could to get that ball in there, but I might not be my own first pick. <laughs> so um, I feel like Thomas Barber could play a little bit of fullback. Well, he's got – oh, yeah, he plays He's a barber, back. right? He, he he's a fullback yeah. coming out of high school. There he's got, got the yeah, He could play a little bit of fullback That's now, the fridge so. right there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's learned a thing or two from his, his lineage as well. So <laughs> He has to. No other choice. Absolutely. All right, fellas. Going to wrap up with a question I've asked every player I've talked to on the tour so far. Um, we're in town. You know, we got actually more time here than most places, so we need to know where to eat around uh, campus, around Minneapolis. So you could, it could be on campus. It could be Dinkytown. It could even be, like, downtown if, if you guys are yeah. thinking fancy. I need uh, a place or two from each of you where, where we need to check out while we're in town here. I'll start it off. Yeah, like, no question. Ray J's. Best burgers and wings okay. in the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I would even argue the country. Like, they have won multiple awards. I mean, every time I go there, it's unbelievable. Like, wings are so good. I get the see the dry rub, uh, it's like Smoky Ranch. I haven't been there in a minute. Camp's kind of mm-hmm. taking a toll. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then burgers. Let's see. They got the Western Burger. That's really good. Um, Western Bacon Blue. But, I mean, Ray J's all around. They even have pasta that's, like, top of the line. So, it's, it's on campus? Yeah, it's on, no, it's just off campus. Yeah, a little like, downtown. It's like two, three minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, I'll keep it in mind. Winston, you know, D lineman got to eat. Tell me, tell Look, me what's good. You know, I'm from Maryland, so I'm a seafood guy, so Smack Shack. 
That's what I would okay. say. A little, a little pricey. You know, I've only been there like once or twice. Once or twice, but Smack Shack would be the spot. And that's kind of near Ray J's, actually. You know what they say? Crab cakes and football. There that's we what go. Maryland does. That's right? what Maryland does. All right, fellas. Uh, appreciate your time. This was fun. I think uh, the, the two guest format can work going forward. I'm going to start suggesting it because you guys were the pioneers. So uh, appreciate your time. Good luck this season. Looking forward to um following go for football and uh seeing the you know the fruits of your labor here in town so appreciate it guys thank, thank you, you. Boat, man. all right thanks to both those guys for joining me really fun group of guys uh up in the twin cities and those two kind of ooze that culture that pj fleck has been instilling for uh going on three years now so moving on to our last interview of this episode and it's actually not from lincoln nebraska but it is with a Lincoln resident and Cornhusker. It's Jack Stoll, the tight end down there. Uh, Jack gave me a call from Lincoln while we were uh, on the road in Iowa. We weren't able to get a sit-down interview done in time before the bus pulled out of uh, Nebraska, so knocked it out on the phone, and we'll give it to you right now. It's our interview with Jack Stoll. Very pleased to be joined on the phone uh, by Nebraska Huskers tight end, Jack Stoll. Jack, we're on the phone right now because we couldn't get an in-person interview done in Lincoln today. We had to leave uh, before your your post-practice routine wrapped up. But uh, I'm actually in Iowa City right now, so I'm kind of behind enemy lines for you. Is there anything you want me to, to do over here? Any, anything like spy-related you want me to pull off while I'm in Iowa? Hey, nah, I think we're just looking forward to that game when it rolls around here. Love that. <laughs> it's a good political, politically correct answer. Uh, there, Jack. Appreciate oh, that. Yeah. Um, so another reason I'm disappointed I didn't get to see you is uh, I didn't get to see the mullet up close and in person. Is, is the mullet still going? Oh, uh, she's absolutely still going. The thing is, you know, she's actually going to keep going until if we lose again. So, you know, I'm hoping uh, we're not going to have to cut it at all this season. I keep it going for another year. So what uh, what inspired you to start growing the mullet? I know it's been kind of a big story over there in Lincoln, but um, how'd you get this idea to, to do it and then? the uh, inspiration not to cut it until you guys drop a game. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it was actually me and, me and another guy on the team, Reed Terrell, we were just kind of sitting in one of our marketing classes. And, you know, I don't know what sparked the idea. We were just kind of talking to each other. And, you know, next thing you know, we're talking about growing a bullet. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think either of us backed down from it. And so, you know, we both got it right now. We both got it packed. If we lose a game, uh, you know, we'll end up cutting it. And, you know, it's just one of those deals. Hey, you know what? I think I think the mullet's still in style. You know, I never thought it went out of style. So, you know, we're, we're just bringing it back. And, you know, it's good to see you know some some kids starting to starting to rock it around Lincoln, and you know, it's it's just a good time. So it's catching on over there. Have you seen uh, the Penn State punter Blake Gilligan? He's got one too. This is pretty good. Oh yeah, we we've seen it. You know, per, personally, I think mine's a little bit better. You know, <laughs> that's that's what I was saying. I don't think I'd be too humble about that one. But. <laughs> If you got it, flaunt it, man. If you got it, flaunt it. Um, moving on Absolutely. moving on to a much more serious topic. Uh, tell me about your playlist at practice with, with the music you guys got going on. It's pretty diverse. It's like I heard some Aerosmith. I heard Lil Wayne. I heard Nipsey Hussle. Like, it's a pretty wide selection of music you guys got going. So who, who puts that together, and what do you guys think of that? You know, it's just some of the uh, some of the strength GAs. You know, I think they end up just getting passed to kind of throw the playlist together and you know, we got kids from all all over, you know, from all different backgrounds. So it's one of those deals, you know, we're trying to trying to keep everyone happy, you know, whether that's uh 
you know, just throwing a little bit of country on that, going right, right back to Mickey Alpha, you know, whatever, whatever it is. So, you know, uh, you know, we just try to keep it diverse. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's one of those deals that you get some kind of, I think everyone starts, you know, some of the guys who didn't like country starting to like country. Some of the guys who wanted to rap are starting to like rap a little bit too because of, because of it. So, you know, we, we just sit there, you know, whatever we got out, we just love going to play with. Well, you got the perfect blend of that when uh, Old Town Road comes on. I saw everyone vibe into that. I mean, that's that's honestly the, the perfect mixture. Oh, trust me, we've heard we've heard that a few times. I think that's getting cut from the playlist at this point. <laughs> yeah, that one's. Uh, you can only listen to that so many times, and it's, we're going on like six months now. So uh, may, maybe cycle into new stuff. Uh, Jack, want to get into yeah, your? I, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. That's all you, man. <laughs> uh, want to get in your background a little bit as we shift away from music here. Uh, noticed you're from from Colorado, just outside the Denver area. Uh, you guys obviously play in Colorado this year. Um, curious, were you a, a Buffs fan growing up, just being from around that area? You know, to be honest, I was never really a huge Buffs fan. You know, my my dad was from Wisconsin, mom was from uh, Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I actually had a few uncles play play on Notre Dame. Had a cousin play there, cousin played Ohio State actually when I won that national championship a few years ago um, so you know I, I, I was I would say I never really had a team I was truly rooting for it would be you know whether it's Notre Dame watching my older older cousin play or uh, you know just watching a few Ohio State games watching my own cousin play so you know I was, I was never really a huge CU fan but I, I could tell you uh there's definitely a little, a little bit of smack talking coming from some of the people I know back home yeah I was gonna say how many uh, how many people in your circle will be at the game. Like, how many friends, how many family members? Are you going to request a lot of tickets for that one? Hey, you know, I I, I, my, I tell everyone, go through my mom at this point. You know, we try, we try to do through mouth. So, you know, I tell them, hey, go, go talk to her. She'll figure it all out. And, uh, you know, she'll help, she'll help me figure out how many tickets I'm going to end up needing. So, yeah, it's one of those deals. Yeah, it'll, it'll be quite a few. Let's put it that way. That's what moms are for, man. Um, so, you know, being – in Nebraska earlier today and last night and, you know, kind of feeling the vibe there every year. Things are obviously a little different there as far as expectations go relative to the rest of the Big Ten. Um, the, the poll came out today. You guys are ranked 24th in the AP poll, uh, and that's coming off a, a four-win season. So, obviously, the hype is um, at an all-time high there, you know, in the Scott Frost era, and, and people have high expectations. So, when you're, as a student-athlete on campus, when you're walking around – do you get ever stopped by fans? Do you get, you know, ever just stopped in the street to, to say good luck? Like, what, what's the actual vibe? Because I feel like it's different there as opposed to some other uh, Big Ten campuses. Oh, I, it's, it's 100% different. You know, this is, this is the state of Nebraska's pride and joy as a football program here at the university. And, you know, it's, it's definitely something, you know, you'll, you'll have, uh, whether that's some, some other students stop you, wish you good luck. Um, you know, especially, you know, you go out to eat, you know, you'll get a few people kind of shake your hands, uh, you know, kind of be excited to meet you, stuff like that. And I think that's one of the things that makes Nebraska so great is how loyal the fans are. You know, they've been, they've been filling the stadiums, you know, for, I think, I think we've had 360 plus sellouts consecutively. Um, and, you know, that just shows that people here love their football. And, you know, even, even through some, you know, rougher years, you know, that unfortunately I've been a part of, of, you know, having four win seasons, it's, uh, it's really just unbelievable to see how dedicated and loyal the fans are. You know, I know, I know at a lot of other universities, you end up going four and eight, you know, by that last game, I mean, no one's in the stand. So, you know, that that's just something, you know, we really appreciate. So, you know, anytime, you know, someone wants to talk to us or, 
stop us in the street, wish us good luck, you know, we'll try to end up striking a conversation with them just because, you know, they, they've been such a loyal fan base and, you know, they're, they're really part of the reason why, you know, this program exists. So, you, you know, it's an unbelievable fan base. I think that's definitely one of the things that separates Nebraska from every other university. For sure. And uh, I was curious if you ever had like a unusual interaction or something weird kind of happened to you. Because I think Coach Frost said a fan sent him like underwear or socks at some point. I don't know if it's ever gotten that extreme with you. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you this. I, I haven't gotten any underwear in the mail. So, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing so far. But, uh, you know, I, gosh, the crazy thing is, you know, I, I was just over at a, uh, a restaurant over in a city called Grand Island and you know, I end up, you know, someone wants to get a hold of me and take a picture. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I, I'm just a guy. I don't know why you want me to, want me to hold a kid. But, uh, you know, that was, that was definitely kind of a cool experience, just having something like that happen. But, uh, yeah, you know, no, no wonder where anything crazy like that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's good. <clears throat> Hopefully it stays that way. Um, speaking, of, speaking of Coach Frost, just noticing him, you know, being up close and personal with him today. That dude is jacked, man. Like he's yoked. Is he is he putting up more weight than a lot of the guys on the team? Oh, I'll tell you, he he's whipping around weight. You know, we don't we don't get to see it too often. But when he uh, when he comes down to the weight room, you can definitely say there's there's not too much of a fall off between him and the linebackers when they're lifting. That's crazy. I mean, just yeah, being up close, you don't really understand like understand on TV. You think it doesn't come across as much, but dude is uh, dude is ripped. Um, and that kind of speaks, I think, you know, or not, maybe not speaks to it, but it ties into this new weight training program you guys got going on. Tell me what's different maybe now as opposed to the previous uh, leadership there at Nebraska. You know, I, I think Coach Duvall and his staff have just done an unbelievable job of preparing us. You know, they're, ne- they're never going to, uh, you know, overwork us, overtrain us. You know, they always preach, you know, you give us your all when we ask for it, you know, we're going to take care of you. And, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you by no means is that mean it's an easy, easy program. But, uh, I mean, I think you can just obviously, obviously see after being our practice, you know, I'd say we all look a lot bigger, a lot faster, a lot stronger as a result of this program. And, you know, I think, I think it's just because of Coach Duvall, Coach Stroff, and that unbelievable program that they got going. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of, I think, an emphasis of people buying in and, you know, just being willing to get, go down, get their, get dirty and, you know, just do the work. So, you know, that's, I think the biggest thing that's changed is really the mindset. You know, I think, you know, at first it was the coaches, you know, kind of had to help shape us, get us a good mindset. Now it's really shifting over to, you know, the players are the people that are, you know, holding people accountable a lot more in the weight room or on the field or really even for just going to class and stuff like that. So, you know, I think they did a great job of, you know, kind of setting the example and then, you know, having us kind of taking over and, you know, just kind of helping us guide, guide through everything. And, you know, I, I just couldn't be happy to have the staff really on board with it. Yeah, that's one of the things that our, our TV crew, our TV guys on uh, on set were saying today is how much more physical and strong you guys looked uh, as opposed to years past. So it's definitely working. Um, and, Jack, I'm going to let you go in just a second. But before I do, got to wrap up with something I've asked every player at each stop. Uh, even though I'm not in Lincoln anymore, I'll always take notes for next time. Where is the best place to eat on campus uh, in Nebraska? The best place to eat? Let's see. Ah, there's there, there's there's definitely a few. I would definitely say, personally, I'm a big uh, I'm a big poke bowl guy. There's a place called Graywell, uh, and you know I end up getting that on the weekends every now and then. But you know it's just a poke bowl where you know you pick your fish, you pick your rice, and throw a few things in it. You know I'm a huge fan of it too. So 
Yeah, I think that'd be my recommendation for you. I think I ran by that place yesterday. I was doing a little jog around campus, and uh, I think the Gray Whale's right by our hotel. So I'll definitely have to hit that up next time. We're big, we're big Blue Sushi crew. We'll always hit up Blue Sushi because we're connected to that hotel right there usually. So uh, that was our yeah, that was our Phil Asian oh. food, but that's a good spot too. Yep, yep, no doubt. All right, Jack, appreciate it. Um, thanks for taking the time. Sorry we couldn't meet in person today, but uh, best of luck this season and enjoy the rest of your evening, man. All right, appreciate it. You too. Have have a good one. All right, thanks once again to Jack and Winston, Clay, AJ, and Marcus for joining me. Thanks to all the SIDs and staff on those campuses for setting it up and thanks to Wes White and Julie Bronder as always for helping to produce this show one more episode coming at you from the BTN bus tour we were able to get interviews at all 14 stops so that was awesome we're through um, 11 of those 14 right now so three more coming at you we'll we'll, uh, share the Iowa Illinois and Northwestern interviews that'll drop one day after this episode's released, so look out for that before uh, football season officially gets underway in the Big Ten on Thursday, August 29th. So hope you enjoyed um, these latest four interviews from the tour. As I always say, it's, it's a blast to talk to these guys, meet these guys, and um, after wrapping up my third BTN bus tour, uh, you know, enjoy it as much as ever. So hope you guys enjoyed listening to it, and we'll keep content coming at you one more us to our episode before the season starts so we'll talk to you soon here on the take 10 podcast